Good morning. All right, let's pray. Lord, uh, we pray that you will be with us, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need your provision. We need your word, God. We need revelation from you. Speak into our hearts today uh, in power. Lord God, in power. We know that you are a living, active God. You are, you are king of all the kings. You're the king of, or you're, you're, you're their king. You are the Lord. Of all lords, Lord, you are, uh, you are the one that we come to in our uh, time of need. And Father, I know that today we need something. Uh, God, we need inspiration. We need provision. We need revelation. We need all these things. I pray you will speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, uh, bear with me. Sounds like hot mic. Hot mic. All right. Sweet. Uh, take notes. I've got to move. I've got to move quickly today. So you have, uh, you have. Hopefully, you were handed um, a connection card when you came in, and so there's a note section on there. And so if you have your Bible, that's awesome. Please follow along with me in your Bible, or at least write down the scriptures. All the scripture will be on the screen. Nobody expected you to walk in here and be able to keep up in the Bible. That's okay if you're not a scholar. If you don't have the Bible memorized. You're in good company, okay? No one expects you to have all your stuff together, any of that. Uh, if you did, you'd be Jesus, and we would be praying to you, and that'd be a lot of pressure. So nobody's in that boat. So the scripture will be uh, up here on the screen. Uh, feel free to follow along with me. Uh, in fact, if you don't have a Bible, we would love, love, love to give you one today. It is our joy and pleasure. It is not a burden for us. Uh, it, we, we're so happy to see you walk out this door with a Bible. As you exit today on the VIP table, there will be Bibles. Please take one. Um, I want to talk to anyone today. This, this message may not be for everyone, but I think it will be very powerful for anyone who has ever looked in the mirror and gone, uh-oh, it's me. I'm the bad guy. For anyone who's ever been in a conversation and went, not going to admit it, but they have a point. I should have done that differently. For anyone who has ever said, I hate it, but I do it. For anyone who's ever thought, I never thought I would be here, but here I am. For anyone who can hold up a mirror and breathe on it and make fog. But got everybody now? I want to talk to you today about Judas. Now we're going through, I'm going through all four Gospels. See, the Bible's Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament is God creating the world, choosing people, promising that through that people a Messiah will come. And the New Testament is when that Messiah comes. This is Jesus. And uh, you know uh, a story, even if you've never read the Bible from pop culture, from something you've heard this. Uh, I'm going to go through it just briefly. Uh, Jesus comes along and at the age of 30, he gathers around him a, a sort of posse of people. And we know that out of that, uh, he selects 12 to become his disciples. And one of those is named Judas Iscariot. There are two Judases that are apostles or of the 12 disciples. Two of them are named Judas. And in the Bible, you'll always see a distinguisher. It's either Judas Iscariot or Judas not Iscariot. Okay? Because nobody wants to be confused with that guy. 
He's going to be the one that betrays Jesus, that sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, keep that in mind, and I want to start quickly in Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. You guys, God creates the world. And then in six days, he makes all that is. And on the sixth day, he made something very unique to creation, and it is mankind. And God makes every, for five days, he makes it, and he says, and it was good. And then he makes a dude, and he goes, it is not good. And so then he makes a woman, and he goes, it's very good. And I concur, God. But he makes Adam and Eve, these are the first two humans. Eve is in the beginning. She's going to be the mother of all. Uh, she gets this beautiful name. By the way, I named somebody Eve. In India, when you baptize people, you rename them. And I named a lady Eve. She did not think it was a beautiful name. She had a look of horror on her face. It's her name. There's no going back. Eve is like mother of all. She's like the birth of all. Adam, Adam means dirt. So, I don't know. God, at least give us something pretty, you know. Whatever. Uh, now, you've got Adam and Eve, and they're going to start everything. And then Eve is deceived, and she takes of the fruit. The only thing, you had one job, Eve, one job, and she takes of a fruit that God says, don't eat from this tree. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She eats from it. Adam, Adam, dirt, man, he is supposed to be the one who leads her, and he is supposed to take her sin and go, no, we can't do this. I'm going to lead you, and instead... He cannot atone for his wife. Instead, he sins with her. And boom, boom, you have the first two humans fall to sin. They later conceive and give birth to a son. Give birth to another son. Their names are Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are presenting sacrifices to God. Abel's is a much more desirable sacrifice than Cain. Uh, Cain's heart was not in it. it. It's weird when you read that and you're like, wow, well, why didn't God like his sacrifice as much? If you were a Jew, you would understand, okay? So it's all there in the scripture, but Cain's heart was not uh, in it. Abel's was. God was pleased with Abel and not with Cain. Cain is jealous, and so he murders his brother. In fact, we have an account here in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. God comes to Cain and says this, Why are you angry, said the Lord to Cain, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you refuse to do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires you, but you must master it. I am coming to give you the word of the Lord today to say sin is crouching at your door and you better master it lest you find yourself in the shoes of the bad guy. And everyone, everyone has been there. If you don't think you've ever been the bad guy, I'm going to tell you, you have a bit of a psychological disorder. And you probably have people tell you this. I'm not even going to say it because you're never wrong. You're just never wrong. Because you will never admit that you're wrong. And you know what we call that spiritually? Annoying. It is annoying when you're never wrong. Because you're often wrong. It's humanity. And I'm not just picking on any one person. Dude, me too. 
We're often wrong. Now, my son, we say, often mistaken, but never in doubt, okay? That dude is confident. And so it's okay. Be confident in what you do. But be willing to admit sometimes that you're wrong. We all get there. We all fall into this position that Cain was in. And listen to what he says. God, God comes to him and he's like, and why has your countenance fallen? He's like, you got a sour look on your face. God comes to him like a friend and goes, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing. But something was wrong, and he murders his brother. And so you have Adam and Eve and then Cain. Literally the first three humans fall to sin. And minus Jesus, every other human has fallen to sin. Oh, but, but you're just going to power your way through it. I ain't going to tell anybody about that. That ain't none of, that's nobody's business. I'll get through it. I'll just push a little harder. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But just like, does it sound dumb when I say it? I hope so. Just make sure it sounds dumb when you say it to yourself. Say hi to Judas. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Just, just keep that thought about Cain and Abel. We'll get back to it. But say hi to Judas for a second. Okay? Um, I want to bring you in. I'm, I'm going to use all four Gospels. It's different, different than I normally do things. Normally we just have like kind of one passage, and I'll, I'll, I'll get other passages that just build on top of this one. Uh, today we're going to go through all four Gospels because we're going through a series of Jesus' last week. And so Pastor Dusty, uh, two weeks ago, talked about, um, talked about the, the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. Great, great insight on that, by the way. Uh, and then he actually helped me with my sermon this week, uh, the dude studies so deeply, and I, I'm blessed to have him as a friend, but also blessed to have him just speak into my life on these things. I don't know why I'm saying this, but Dusty, we love you. And uh, now i got to go buy some duct tape or something manly. All right. Luke 6, 12. During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples, and he chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles. Okay, I'm bringing this to you because you, you're like, well, no, just in, in your head, if you're like me, there's just Jesus and there's 12 dudes and it's just those guys against the world. No, there was actually a lot of people who followed Jesus. If you, if you, at one point, Jesus is going to send out 72 people to go and do ministry. Who are they? They're these guys. He has a posse. He has a crew that follows him around. But out of that crew, he chooses 12, and he's like, you 12 are special. You come with me. And yes, Judas Iscariot is one of those. So was Judas chosen? Yes, he was. Did Judas follow Jesus? Okay, <laughs> what do you mean when you say, did Judas follow Jesus? Because did Judas follow Jesus around? Yes. Did Judas go to church? Yes. Did Judas have a pretty impressive Instagram page? Yes. Was Judas following the teachings of Jesus? No. And there's your distinguisher. You can grow up in church. You can know the lingo. 
You can have gone to a Bible study. But if you don't follow the teachings of Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus. I've spent a significant amount of time in the garage. I'm still not a Chevy. Now, there's a difference between following a God and following an opportunity. Hold on to that. And, and, and it's not necessarily bad. Some of you came to faith because you needed a way out. Man, I've got an addiction. I need something. You go to 12-step, and they're like, go to church. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's good. Hey, we go to music. It's very positive. It's good vibes. It's good energy. And you're not wrong for doing those things. But those things won't get you into heaven. That's not making God Lord of your life. When we baptize, we say, I've died to myself. This is not just a positive teaching. Now, there is common grace. The Bible says the Lord makes it rain on the just and the unjust. If you follow good principles, yes, you will get good things from good positive principles. But heaven is not one of those good things. Eternal life, sonship, daughterhood, however you say it, okay, is not one of the things that you get from positive vibes. That comes through making Jesus Lord of your life. And this is what Judas fails to do. And the question is always why. Let's look into that. John chapter 12, verse 46. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him. You see the, the, the parentheses there? There's, all, there's always a distinguisher because the other Judas was like, Hey guys, if y'all writing books, <laughs> just, you, you know, just make sure everybody knows said, verse 5, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now, I'm bringing you right into a story. A lady came and just anointed Jesus with all of this perfume and stuff, and I've heard it was probably like $300 worth or whatever. And Judas, I'm just giving you a little snippet into Judas's life. He's ticked about it. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in it. See, he wasn't following a God. He wasn't following a Lord. He was following an opportunity. He was stealing the whole time. What was his, what was his motive? Why would, he, why would he do this? Let's look deeper into his life. Luke chapter 16. I'm going I'm to bring you into another little passage about Judas here. But it's not about Judas. This is a principle. Hang with me. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. Satan is looking for someone to betray Jesus. And no better place to look than the dude who's stealing out of the offering plate. Because if you'll be, God, God knows and teaches this principle that if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And so there's all these parables about be, people being, being solid in their faith with the little thing that God has given. And so he blesses them with more because he knows that they will be faithful with it. I don't know many rich men. One of the few that I know told me one time, he said, when I was very young, he said, you better start tithing because you, you think it's hard for you to tithe now? Wait till you have a lot of money. I just thought that was so profound. It's the same principle. If you're faithful with little, you'd be faithful with much. But you know who also knows that principle? 
Satan. Satan. He's like, if you'll be unrighteous for very little gain, <laughs> bro, I will throw 30 pieces of silver your way. And it was more than just silver, I believe, that uh, Judas would betray Jesus for. And, and we'll talk about that. But if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. He didn't say that. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. Let me keep going. Verse 11. So if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? No servant. And here we go. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. See, Judas walking along following Jesus as his master, but then stealing following money as his master. He's serving two masters. And what will happen if we serve two masters? Well, it says right here, since either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Satan is going to make sure we find out. If Judas would do sin for a little, he'll do more sin for a lot. See, I, th I think that Judas, Judas was not a dummy. Judas knew that Jesus was being hunted in the last week of his life. See, already multiple times people have tried to kill Jesus, but Jesus just kind of supernaturally steps right through him. They actually took him to a cliff at one point to throw him off, and Jesus just turns around and walks right through him. But Judas knows that the time is coming that they're going to kill his master. Now, if they kill his master, who's in the line next? Well, probably, well, probably the 12, the 12 dudes, dudes that everybody else is going to for the same teaching that Jesus is teaching. And so, and so Judas betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but I propose to you that maybe Judas thinks if I'm the one to give him up to the Pharisees, it'll get the Pharisees off my back once Jesus dies. That's a little bit of conjecture there, but I think it's a pretty easy step to take. Here's what I'm saying. I don't want to become Judas. Because Judas saw more than I'll ever see. <laughs> Judas got to hang out with the dudes whose writings I study daily. And if he can fall, I can fall. Okay, you have to, you're like, oh my gosh, my pastor's not even confident that he's going to stay a Christian. I am confident that I'm a human, and I'm confident that you are a human. And I need the power of God in my life. And I'm looking at a dude who walked right by him and somehow missed it. I want to see where did we go wrong. And we get a snippet into him stealing out of the money bag, serving two masters. They're afraid for their lives at some point, we know. And and, 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 and remember when God came to Cain and says, your countenance has changed. Sin is crouching at your door. You have to master it. Judas, your countenance has changed. Sin is crouching at your door. You have to master it. My fear is that you think that Judas just one day was like, you know what, I give up. I'm going to be the bad guy. That's not how sin works, just in case you're not past the age of three yet. 
Nobody just one day trips. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm in bed with another woman. Nobody just trips into that. Nobody just falls into these things. They have to start somewhere. They begin somewhere. And if you think that you're just so awesome that that will never happen to you, know thyself. My goodness, know thyself. See, this is a safe place to admit that you're human. And if it's not, it's not of God. Do you understand who was coming to Jesus? Do you know that the Pharisees were mad with Jesus because he's with the tax collectors who were the biggest swindlers in the world? The only people who would even hang out with the tax collectors was prostitutes, and that's only because they had money. And so when Jesus was in the room, he was only tax collectors and prostitutes. He knew. He wasn't like, oh, bless their hearts. They're just wrongly accused. They were guilty. He didn't walk in to those blessed souls who were just misunderstood. No, everybody understood very well. Jesus was a safe place to go if you would confess. The only people who weren't safe around him were the ones who were hypocritical saying that they had no sin. The only ones who weren't safe around Jesus were the ones saying that I know better than you. Church, this has to be a safe place to be human. You've got to be able to go to someone. I want you right now to start thinking about when life groups begin in the fall, I need to be in there. I need someone that can hold me accountable. I need to tell somebody some stuff. I need to get some stuff off of my chest. And we say that, and again, I have this fear. You're like, well, yep, he's right. He's right. I got this, and it's not going well. I'm going to have to really power through this. You've missed it. You're not that strong. Well, you don't know me. Just that statement means, yes, I do. And so, so we come with, 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 this, with, this, with this baggage. And guys, the, the Word of God will lead you out of a hole. It will definitely lead you out of a hole. But most of it is to keep you from getting into a hole. Okay? Or maybe, maybe, it's, maybe you're to that point where you say, well, you know what, I need counseling. And you just kind of dump everything off and go, somebody fix this. And it, it doesn't work that way either. I don't know how to explain this very well. So I, 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 brought, I brought this. I brought a crate. Okay. And this is going to represent your life today. Okay. So I need someone strong. Uh, Brinkley, can you come help me? She's like, oh my gosh, you had to sit close to the front, Dad. Thanks so much. Okay, Brink, I need you to recognize your life. Do you see this? That's your life, okay? Now the problem is, the problem is, we have to give our lives over to Jesus. And so do you think you could get this crate up on this table? No. She says, not by myself. The first step to tell you this is a brilliant girl, okay? Not, not by myself. Now, the problem is sin comes in. And so now I own this. And, and I have to give my life over to Jesus. So, 
if you just had to, life or death, you could probably get this up on the table. But what about without knocking that block off? You think you could get that up on the table? Now, you're like, well, that's not fair. You use a child. Yes, but what are you to God? And so now she's got this whole crate, and, and, and you're looking at this going, oh, sweetheart, you ain't going to get that. You better call somebody. You better get some help. But no, 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 because this is embarrassing, so I can't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. So I've got to get it by myself because it's too embarrassing. And if that's what you say about confession, here's the reality that you're under. Saying, I will wait and power through this to give this to Jesus is a lot like saying, if I could just add more weight, I could lift this higher. Because sin, it's embarrassing, isn't it? And it will keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay, and take you farther than you ever intended to go. And so as I wait to confess, it just keeps piling up. And now the task is harder or easier than it was in the beginning. Life or death, we think we, she could have gotten this crate up to Jesus. She could have gotten her life to Jesus. She could have gotten the crate on the table. Do you think there is any possible way that you could now get this up on that table? And that is our lives. And the longer we let it set, the heavier and heavier it gets. Thank you so much. Please don't hate me. I love you so much. This is the reality of our lives. And let me tell you this. Me as a pastor telling you this only creates heartache. I have no advantage. Nobody's paying me to get you to confess. I'll tell you just personally, I'm not a real nosy person. It's not out of great interest. I'm telling you this because I watch life destruction all the time, and this is what somebody comes to me with and says, I need you to get that up there. I can't do it either. I can grab a corner, and the more weight, the more dudes I got to get around this thing. Right? The more weight, and we could play with that word, like, Wait, or like, wait. Huh? Huh? I'd have spelled it for you, but I'm not sure I got it right. The more, I'm serious. The more weight you stack on this, the more people I have to get around it to help me carry. And that's what a church does, and that's what we're here for. But let me tell you this now. If you will swallow your pride and confess... So somebody bring so somebody me a microphone. We're going to start confessing to everybody. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what it means. And people ask me that from time to time. They're like, well, what do I have to confess? Do I have to get up on Sunday morning. I'm like, please don't. We only got an hour, and we don't, we don't want to hear that. Listen, there's somebody in spiritual authority to you that you need to confess to. 
Is it me as a pastor? Probably. Do you have a life group leader? Do you have somebody whose Bible study that you are in? Okay. Do you, is, have you sinned against someone? You need to talk to the person you've sinned against. You need to talk to people in spiritual authority over you. You need to begin to seek help. You need to begin to get people around here. Because let me tell you, the church is a lot more than what's in this building. Praise God and Ranger, this morning there are other Christians in unison, part of the same temple of God that is being built, that, that there's more than just this. So if you get up here and tell us, you have to go make every church, and what about the other counties? And how far does it go? No, 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 no. You need to talk to somebody in, in spiritual authority to you. You need to talk to the people who you have sinned against. And for crying out loud, just admit to God maybe that you're wrong. That's what confession looks like. It's not meant to embarrass someone. It's meant to keep you from getting here. Because it stacks up and stacks up until you get depressed because you go, it'll never happen. And some of you walked in here this morning saying that. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. But Jesus said, follow me for my yoke is easy. That's the thing they used to put around an oxen to make it plow. And my burden is light. He removes them. We take them to the cross. He helps us. Do you still have to take your life to Jesus? Absolutely. Is he going to help you with that? Absolutely. My God will help you. He will be with you. He has commanded us to come around you. Well, nobody's doing that for me. You still haven't even told anybody. Come on. That's unrealistic. See, the problem is... Satan's a lot like somebody from the dirty south. We don't pay full price for anything. Satan is looking for help, but he's looking on Facebook Marketplace. He ain't doing retail. And so he wants... Some of y'all were a little offended by that. My gosh. Hey, my house is a Craigslist museum, okay? Chill. Tough crowd. Man, if you're offended by that, you're not going to like the close of this sermon. All right. Satan is looking to pay bottom dollar for you. And so we look at Judas and we see the 30 pieces of silver. And this is why I tell you, I think it was more than just silver that was tempting to Judas. I don't think that Satan came up and said, hey, let's have a fiddling contest. And if, if you win, you get this fiddle made of gold. And if I, we would be like, I've prepared for this my whole life. No. No. That's not what it looks like. That's not what it looks like. You just, you get, I'm going to confess. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell somebody. I'm going to get my life right. And then you are one text. You are one email. You are one porn website. You are one piece of gossip. You are one anger session away. You are one flipping the pastor off in traffic away from being so depressed, so down on yourself that I'll never deal with it. We are so much cheaper than 30 pieces of silver. Does that mean you've lost your soul? No, 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 no. I've just got to keep you distracted. Well, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. All I got to do is just start up that same old fight you have with your spouse every week. And you won't do nothing. 
All I gotta do is put you in the right circumstance with the right instances with around the right people, the right email, text message, phone call. Just gotta get you lit up about the right thing. I just, all, I, all, all you gotta do is turn on the news and you'll be so fired up. You're good. I'm gonna keep you depressed. I'm gonna keep you thinking that this can never be fixed. Dude, if you will confess today, not only this time next year will you have a life that you can take to Jesus, but you'll be helping others with theirs as well. But see, that doesn't happen to people who are following Jesus for an opportunity because nobody's looking for the opportunity to confess. Oh, thank God, I needed to unload this embarrassing thing on you. Nobody's looking for that opportunity. Now, you do see that. You're like, actually, I know some people. You know what that is? And I did not learn this. I was a psychology minor. Are you impressed? Uh, and no one taught me this. I figured this one out on my own. Uh, once you do confess, and you see this, and you know some people who are like this. Uh, we call it word vomit. That's the lingo. Uh, but once people do confess, it's instead of embarrassing, it's actually so liberating that they begin sharing this story. Sometimes oversharing. We call it word vomit. And, and you're listening just like, dude, you, you're getting this all over me. And the reason is because there are things that you have done that have never rolled off of your tongue. And you're like, I don't have to say it, they know. Actually, you do need to say it. You need to feel it come out of your mouth. It can be liberated. Hard? Yeah. Liberating. So, begs a question. Back to this Back Judas, to this thing. Judas thing. If, if, if Jesus, Jesus knew that knew Judas was a thief, was a thief. Why, did why did he let him have the money bag? I'm glad you asked. Because my answer to that is, duh. Exactly. Because this is a story of redemption. There's actually a huge tie to the story of Joseph. I can't go in with you on this, uh, but, but there's a parallel to Judas. One is redeemed and the other will not be redeemed. He will never confess what he's doing. He'll never seek help for what he's doing. But the point is that he had the opportunity and Jesus gave him the bag valuing Judas's opportunity to get better over the money. How many of you are just going through it? Ju don't, Judge, don't, raise don't raise your hands. You may, maybe, maybe, maybe you're just, maybe you're just going, through, going it through it in whatever way right way now. Right disaster now. has disaster struck. Has this thing has happened. happened. But, when, but you when you look back, you back, understand God's provisions to get you to this point. And you go, I wouldn't have made it had this not happened. And understand that Judas was getting the opportunity as he carried the money bag every day to decide between God and money. Some of your most difficult things are your biggest blessings, and God is giving you the opportunity to choose him. John 13, 21 to 27. I'm going to read you six verses here, but this is big. Hang with me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in spirit and testified, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. We're back into the Lord's Supper now. Back where Dusty left you off a couple weeks ago. 
22, the disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. They still didn't know who was going to betray Jesus. Did Judas have him that fooled? One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. That is John, by the way, and he's only called that in the book of John. John wrote his own book and named himself the disciple Jesus loved. Helps to be the author. I love that, though. How confident is that? Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. Jesus said, when are you going to betray me? And, and Peter's over there in the corner is like, so he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? John's right by Jesus, and Peter's like, ask him. Ask him. I'm not going to ask him. You ask him. So John does it. Who is it? Jesus replied, he's the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you're doing, do quickly. Okay, first of all, uh, if Judas is going to betray me and I know it, I'm not feeding him. Okay? If, if Judas is going to betray me, if tomorrow I'm going to get my flesh ripped off and you're the reason why, um, you're not eating ribs at my house. Jesus let Judas eat too. Why? Because Judas has up until this moment to repent. But he is stacked so much on and will not get help getting it off that he's done for. Psalm chapter 41, Psalm chapter 69, also in Jeremiah, uh, there are other ones. But do you know that there was prophecy in the Old Testament about Judas? One of the prophecies is that he will fall and he will never get up. And you're about to see that. But the Passover supper, Dusty taught me this this week. I did not know this. There's a story in the Old Testament about Joseph and his coat of many colors. And his father gave him a coat of many colors because he loved him. He adorned him with this. But his brothers betrayed him. And so they, they sold him into slavery. Joseph is Jesus in the Old Testament. Not literally, it's, he's symbolic of. They sold him into slavery. And they took that coat of adornment, what was meant to adorn him. And they used it to betray him because they dipped it in goat's blood. Took it to their father and said, see we have proof that he has been shred by animals. And so, at the Passover every year... The Jewish people, I'm not making this up, okay? At the Passover, every year, Jewish people would take the bread and they would dip it into the wine because that was the coat from the one who was like Jesus, right? Being dipped into the blood because we know that the wine is the blood. And it was a picture of betrayal and sacrifice. And we take that and that is a picture of our own depravity, our own betrayal of Jesus, right? And we, we, we take that. We eat that. Out of his sacrifice, we are nourished. He is the bread of life. This was the picture. And so uh, that bread being dipped in the wine was a picture of... Betrayal. Betrayal. 
And Judas well knew that. And that's why they said, Jesus, who's going to betray you? And Jesus said, whoever takes this, what he was saying is, whoever eats the bread of betrayal, I mean, it was pretty on the nose. And Judas took the bread and he ate it. And look at verse 27. Look at what happens in this moment. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you are doing, do quickly. See, Jesus talks to him after Satan entered him. That means Satan is in the room. Who invited him? Judas. But Satan cannot enter Judas until he chooses. See, because you cannot serve both God and money. As you will love one and hate the other. You will despise one and you will follow the other. And you will get so stacked up that sin will consume you and you can never give your life to Jesus. At this moment, Satan enters in. I have a lot more to say and I have no time to say it. I want the worship team to come up. Judas betrays Jesus. It would have been different if he would have confessed. If he would have gotten help. If he would have changed his heart on the matter. But Judas thought he was stuck. Church, if you are in this place and you think that you are stuck, you are listening to the enemy. Satan was whispering in Judas's ear. Satan was so close to him that that's how he gets into the Last Supper. Da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, you know who's missing? Satan is there. Because Judas thinks that he has no other way out. Judas has watched the miracles of Jesus. He watched him turn water into wine, watch him raise people from the dead, heal the sick, deaf people hear, lame people walk, blind people see, and Judas has seen it all. But he never accepted Jesus as his Messiah. He never died to himself and followed the teachings of Jesus over his own way. And let me tell you this part, and I'm certain of this. This is the part that I don't have time to tell you. You will not see Judas in heaven. You're like, whoa, that's above your pay grade. No, there's prophecy. It's, that's not coming from me. Once he falls, he will never return. David asked that his name be blotted out of the book of life. Psalm 41. We will not find... One of the 12 who followed Jesus every single day in heaven. Because Judas never made him Lord. John chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful. If you are faithful to confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and clean you from all unrighteousness. Church, 
Did you hear, hear that, that two-letter two word, word in there? If. if. Just because God loves you, he will not force you to follow him. Just because God loves you, he will not force you to be with him. He says, if you are faithful to confess, he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The Father wants you to come home. The Father wants to take your burdens, but he will not force you. That is yours to confess. Liberation is just on the other side of confession. The stuff that you think is too heavy and you look at this train wreck of a life and you think, I'll never, I'll never, I can't, I'll never. Duh, you can't. That's why we need Jesus. If we could have gotten to God, we wouldn't have needed anyone to take our sins away from us. But he doesn't force it on you. You have to give it. What does that look like? Well, you got to pray this prayer. Find that prayer in the Bible for me, please. I'd love to see it. It doesn't exist. Now, will I pray with you to receive Jesus into your heart? Absolutely. But that does not make you a Christian. That gives you a solid memory to go back to the day that you decided to become a Christian. What makes you a Christian is following Jesus. And you know what he says, the first step of following him? Confess. <laughs> believe and confess. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and confess with your mouth that he's risen from the dead, right? This is how we're saved. I'm going to close like this. Everybody close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking at each other. I know this seems a little juvenile, a little childish. I'm not, I'm gonna, not going to ask for big emotional decisions right now. And I'm not going to follow up with anybody on this. I just need you to know it, okay? If you say, I have some stuff. And, and I, don't even, if, I don't even care if it's your spouse. I don't care if it's your kid. Would you honor the men and women around you right now by not looking around? I'm asking you to have some integrity on this deal. So with nobody looking, if you say, I've got some stuff that I've never let come out of my mouth. I've never even told it to Christ. I've got to get it off of my chest. I've got to get it off of my plate. I've got to get it out, out of my life. Would you just slip up your hand so that I can see you? I'm not looking for anything. If you've got some stuff and you say, I've got to give this to Jesus. Now here's what I want you to do. I see a lot of hands that have gone up. Here's what I want you to do. I'm not following up with anybody on this. You guys can go ahead and put your hands down. Like I said, nobody's trying to embarrass anybody in here today. This is what I'm asking you to do. Now that you've admitted it to yourself, and I'm so proud of you. I, I, you think I'm being facetious. I am so proud of you. Just by putting up your hand is the first time you've ever said, I do need to deal with this. I'm so proud of you. That's step one. Now everybody can look at me. Here's all I'm asking you to do with that. Something. I'm asking you to do something with that. I'm asking you to go to somebody that you can trust that is in spiritual authority over you. And I'm asking you to confess this. I'm asking you to confess this to the Lord. I want you to tell somebody. I want you to tell somebody in spiritual authority. You're like, I listen, I'm a traveler. I don't even go to church. Sweet, go to your church. Go to, you know your aunt that's super religious and been praying for you your whole life and you don't even know why good things are happening and just happen. Go to her. I don't care. I need you to tell somebody. 
Somebody safe. Somebody safe. Don't tell a stranger. Don't tell somebody who's a gossip. My goodness, don't tell somebody who's a gossip. If you say, I need to tell somebody, listen, I've got some men, I've got some women that I can point you to and I can say, this is a safe place to go with this. Write this on your connection card. We got a prayer team. Prayer team, I want you to go ahead and come to the front. This prayer team is a safe place to go with these things. As you say, you don't understand, I really need, I, I, I will handle that sensitive information. You come to me and just tell me you need somebody to talk to, I will understand. It does not matter. Remember who Jesus was in the room with. It's not perfect. It's not people who were innocent, but everybody thought that they were guilty. It was the guilty. First step, step, if you raise your hand, all I'm asking you is do something with that. Do not let it go by. Liberation is on the other side of confession. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing, and baskets are going to come up. In fact, you guys go ahead and come up, because this place is so long now, like we ain't going to get to the back unless we go ahead and start. Uh, But um, they're going to do a song, and I want you just to worship the Lord. I want you to be praying. I want you to be thinking about things. The prayer team's up here. You can come during the song. You can come after service. Put it on your connection card. We don't care. We want you to deal with things. We're not asking for an emotional decision. Nobody's, Nobody's asking you to stand up in front of people. That is not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you, not embarrass you. Nobody's sticking your stuff out on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok. None of that. Just asking you to do something. Let's pray in power. Holy Spirit, we ask that you be with us. God, you have convicted us. You have shown us. You are moving in this place today, Father. There are people that feel the conviction in the presence of the Holy Spirit for the first time in their lives. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you lay it on thick. God, I pray that their muscles and their legs won't work to drag them out of this building until they do something about it. God, I'm praying that you would just move so strong, Father. I pray that slates will be wiped clean, not because we can do it, but because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Because your blood has cleansed us. You have washed us. You have made us whiter than snow. Somebody give me an amen. I know it's a prayer. You have made us whiter than snow. It is in your righteousness that we approach the throne. Because we dare not look at the face of God. We dare not walk into your presence. But you have made us what we cannot be, Father. We respect that. We love you for that. We are unworthy of that. But God, we need to lay it at your altar. We need to lay it at your throne right at your feet this morning God and we need you to take these things they're too stinking heavy liberate us from these things Father and let us move for you and in your power and we ask these things in Jesus name Amen all right, church, part of the way that we worship is tithe and offering, but also uh, throw in those connection cards. See the prayer team. I'm just asking you today, do something. Please stand and worship.